welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Osmond, a biblical church centered on Christ. While you're turning there, uh, I need to say a couple things. Those of you that heard about first service, uh, I appreciate you praying. Um, I just was throwing a curveball. Uh, I was sitting over on the uh, pew in the first service, and right before I got to preach, I got a text from my dad uh, that they were rushing my mom to the hospital in an ambulance, and so uh, I was pretty worried about it, and um, asked the church to pray. I couldn't even hardly uh, talk, and um, I didn't preach a normal sermon. I did something different and just shared and uh, about Jesus, and um, anyway, so that's why I did the first service, and um, in between services, I got a phone call. Uh, my dad told me that uh, she's stable, um, she's still in the hospital, they're doing blood work. It was not a heart attack, and so that was good, and, um, but they're doing tests to see what, what caused it and what's going on. So I appreciate you praying for her. Her name is Sandra, and um, she's in the, at Bradsport Hospital right now in Lake Jackson, Texas. So um, thank you for doing that and praying for us. Um, so I, I'm going to switch. I'm going to do something different than I originally planned. I'm going to preach something different, but before I do, I need to clean up a little bit what Pastor said, because I don't want y'all thinking I'm Creflo Dollar or Kenneth Copeland or something, one of them jokers. But uh, So here's, here's what went down, uh, I, and, and Pastor doesn't know because I just briefly explained this to him on the phone, just uh, I guess it was the other night or something. So um, my family, we, we're in Texas, and uh, in Weatherford, and so we rope we team rope and so my son high school rodeos I do a lot of rodeo and roping and stuff like that so there's a, a an association called American Quarter Horse Association and we got we got the you know Kentucky thing here is anybody know what I'm talking about there AQHA okay so uh, they you show your horse and so I've got um, a horse named Colonel and you qualify all year you go to these shows to qualify to go to the world show which is in Oklahoma City and so um, my son was on my horse, and he had qualified on him earlier in the year. And, and um, so this summer, he went to the youth AQHA World Show, and he won reserve world champion on him. And so I qualified, but they don't tell you, you know, when you're going to rope. It's a three-week deal, and they got all these different kinds of events from hunter, jumper, you name it, calf roping, team roping, halter show, blah, blah, blah. So they don't tell you when you're actually going to rope. And so I didn't know until like 30 days out. Well, I, we booked this a year ago. And so, you know, I'm thinking that it was going to be the same as it was last year, the first week of November. So I blocked that out, not to do anything that week. Well, ends up 30 days out, they say, hey, they send a schedule. I'm roping Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Well, so I, I panic. I get on the phone. I'm trying to call all these different airlines. The last flight out of Lexington is at 8 p.m. Service won't be over till 8, so there's no way I can make that flight. So then I start looking at all the other, you know, cities around. Nothing. There's nothing that gets there. So I think, okay, well, I'll drive it. It is a 12-hour drive nonstop from Lexington to Oklahoma City. If you don't stop for fuel, bathroom, bathroom break, nothing, it's 12 hours. Well, there's no way I'm going to make that. <clears throat> so my wife is going to drive my horse up from Texas to Oklahoma City, so he'll be there on Wednesday. And so I, I don't have a jet or anything. So, uh, 
so what I did was a buddy of mine that uh, believes in our ministry, prays for us and all that, he works for the Fort Worth Police uh, Department. He has a plane, and it's a prop. It's not a jet, it's a prop. And so uh, I told him, I said, and he told me if I ever get in a situation like this to let him know. And so I said, hey, I'm in one of those situations. I said, there's no way I can make it commercially. I can't drive it. Is there any way your plane can get us there? Because I don't know how big a plane he has. I don't know if it's a little one of Cessna deals. I, I don't know. And so he goes, he goes, where are you from? from? I told him, he said, yeah, that's, a, that's about a four-hour flight for my plane. And uh, I said, is there any way you can do it? I said, I'll pay for the fuel. He goes, yeah, we can do that. And so as soon as I get through preaching Wednesday night, I'm going to go get on his plane and prop job, and we're going to fly, and we're going to get there about 2 o'clock in the morning, and then I'm going to get up and rope at 8 a.m. on my horse. And the cool thing about it is, is as a result of me calling the show office and telling them what I'm doing, I said, I'm a preacher, I'm trying to make it, I just need to know for sure when y'all are roping, when we're roping that morning. So she calls me back, she says, hey, so are you going to be here that weekend? I said, well, I'm preaching in Houston on Sunday. She said, well, we're having you know, church service for the AQHA World Show. Could you preach at church service? I said, well, I can if you can move it to Saturday. She said, well, I make the, the you know, schedule. I can do whatever I want to. And I said, okay, I'll do it on Saturday. So I'm preaching at the World Show, and we're having people from all over the world there, and I get to preach in one spot, boom, right there. They're just bringing them to me, and there you go. So that's what's going on. So I just didn't want y'all to think I'm Creflo Dollar and I got me a private jet at the hangar and kind of doing that kind of stuff. So that's not what's happening. But to reality of way, the way we really are, uh, my wife and son, they tr- I, so I have one son. His name is Jake. He's a senior in high school. And so I travel. I'm on the road about 40 weeks a year preaching, you know, and stuff in different camps churches, revivals, men's conferences, wild game dinners, you name it. And so um, I got asked to do this youth camp in Myrtle Beach. And so, of course, my wife and son, they love to go there, you know. And uh, matter of fact, they would love to be here, but they can't. They got to stay home and feed the cows and, and the horses. So, um, so they said, we want to go to Myrtle Beach. So I got online, and so one of these discount airlines, I'm not going to say who it is, but one of these discount airlines, they had a deal where I could fly to go preach at youth camp from Dallas to Myrtle Beach, round trip, 180 bucks. My wife and son, because, see, I had to stay in there and preach on Friday. They didn't have to stay till Friday, so they could leave on Thursday, you know, if we wanted to. They got a round trip, if they left on Thursday, for $45 each, round trip. Now, I know, I can see y'all getting all excited. And y'all think, oh, we're going to get online, going to go to the Caribbean for $45 round trip. Before you hop online and get on one of these discount airlines, let me tell you how this thing really goes down, okay, with these airlines. Are y'all ready for this? On a discount airline, I won't say who it is, but their plane is yellow. If you get on that plane and you want a seat that actually reclines two inches and where your knees don't touch your chin, that's another $50 for that seat. If you uh, want to go first to get on the plane, $6 more. If you forget to print your plane ticket at home and you show up there and they got to print it, 10 more bucks each. If, you, now you, you're allowed to carry on, 
Okay, but if the carry-on is over eight inches thick, that's another thirty-five dollars. Okay, now I I'm carrying me and my wife and my son our whole luggage for the entire week of a youth camp. Okay, so I know my bag is going to be over eight inches thick. So I go online, buy purchase one bag to Dallas to Myrtle Beach and back. But apparently, when you get there, they got this scale that you they weigh your luggage and apparently there's some hidden charges that only the FBI and Secret Service know about if your bag is over 30 pounds and under 50 pounds that's another 35 bucks if your bag is over 50 pounds and under 70 that's another $55 on top of the 35 that you already spent to check in for this thing if your bag is over 70 pounds it is a $100 bill on top of the 35 that you already spent for that bag. Y'all getting how this rolls out now? Okay, so I check our bag in. We get there, and so we're, we're going to fly back. So my wife and son fly back. All they have is their backpack. That's all they have. I got the bag. I got all the stuff, okay? So we get there. You get on the plane. You want a glass of water? $4. You want a coffee? $3. I get stuck in Pittsburgh on the tarmac on this plane because of weather in Dallas. Okay, all of a sudden I've got, all of a sudden, I've got to go to the bathroom. I, I, I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know if I can afford to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I, I can just picture, you know, they got, you know, in the bathroom, they got one of them little toilet paper dispensers, like, and they're charging like a dollar a sheet or something. I'm thinking, you know, I, I, a man could go broke in there. I, I don't know if I can afford this or not. So, but, but I'm going to tell you this. Here's the deal. Discount airlines, they may promise you one thing online and then do something totally different when you get to the airport, but God doesn't do that. God doesn't lie. He tells the truth. And so I want to tell you the greatest promise of all is the promise of salvation. And that promise is found in John chapter 3, where we just had it quoted, John chapter 3, verse 16, where the Bible says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's pray. Father, for those that don't know you, I pray, God, you make it crystal clear to them how much that you love them, you care about them, and you want to change their life. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to do today, and the lives are going to be saved and changed. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. That promise that God has for you is that he loves you. He wants to forgive you of all of your sin. He wants to come into your life, save you from a real place called hell, and take you to a place for eternity called heaven. That's the greatest promise. Now, here's the deal, though. Why do we need this promise of salvation? What, what, what is the reason for that? Well, the promise of salvation, the definition of it, just to make sure we're on the same page, is this. It is being delivered from the righteous judgment of God. Now, why do I need to be delivered from the righteous judgment of God? Why, why do you need to be delivered from the righteous judgment of God? Because the Bible says in Romans 3.23, says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Do you know what that means? That means we've all sinned. We've all messed up. We've all blown it. Everybody has. We have all sinned. And so that's why we need to be delivered from this promise of salvation. That's why you need to be delivered from the righteous judgment of God, and I do as well. You said, but Ronnie, really, Ronnie, 
I don't know who you think you're talking to this morning. You know, we're Lexington, Kentucky. We're good people here. I'm, I'm a good person. Ronnie, I'm, I'm really, I'm not that bad. Do you know what the Bible says in Genesis chapter uh, 3, I mean, chapter 8, verse 21? It says this, Every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. You know what that means? These jokers right here. See, look at them right now. Not, nobody has to teach them to sin. Do y'all know that? Do you know that nobody had to teach your kids to throw a temper tantrum in Walmart? No, nobody had to teach them to do that. They are born into sin. They sin. We all sin. So, and you said, but Ryan, I'm, I'm just really, I'm not that bad. I, a Gallup poll is taken every single year. They do this poll in the U.S., and they ask people in the U.S., hey, if you were to die, do you think you're going to go to heaven? Do you know what the majority of people in the U.S., what they say? They say, yes, I'm going to go to heaven. When they ask them, why do you think you're going to go to heaven? Do you know what their answer is? Number one answer, why people think that they're going to go to heaven, is this, because I'm just as good as everybody else. That's what they say. But do you know how crazy it is to focus on your goodness? No, no really. Do you know how crazy it is to focus on your goodness? Because, listen, I, I'm not doubting that you're good. But do you know how crazy it is to focus on your goodness? It, it's like this. What if I said this? Everybody, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to California right now. We're going to get to the California. We're going to get on the banks on the shores there at California. All right? And we're all on the count of three. I'm going to count of three. And we're all going to jump in the Pacific Ocean. And we're all going to swim to Hawaii. All right? And we're not going to have a life jacket. We're not going to have any you know, water device, float devices, no, nothing like no boat, nothing. We are just going to, on three, all of us are going to swim to Hawaii. Are y'all ready? One, two, three, let's go. Now what's going to happen? What's going to happen? We're all going to drown, right? I mean, every single one of us. That, that, there's no, we're not even going to discuss anything. Now, we can talk about how far some of us might make it out there. I mean, because some of you, you just can't swim. So some of you, only distance you can make is just as far as you can tiptoe, and, you, and then you blah, 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 and you, and you drown. Some of you might can swim. Some, some of you really might could. Some of you might get out there like, you know, 50 feet. Some of you might get out there, you know, maybe even some of you, they're really good, maybe even a quarter of a mile. We get Michael Phelps, that joker might swim 50 miles, 100 miles. But the bottom line is, every single one of us are going to drown. Why? Because the point is, the distance is too great. No, no matter how good of a swimmer you are, the distance is too great to swim from California to Hawaii. And to focus on your goodness... That's the same point it is with God, is that your goodness, standing before a holy, righteous, perfect God, the distance between us, horrible, sinful people, is so great, there's no way that we can make it. You know, if we were to be like Isaiah, if we caught a glimpse of how holy God is, how perfect he is, how sinful we are, we'd be like Isaiah, and we'd drop to our knees and we'd say, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. We've all sinned. We've all blown it. And the Bible says in Romans 6, 23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. That means because we've sinned, we deserve to die and go to hell. 
That's why we desperately need this, this rescuing from God, from, from God, from this righteous judgment of God. Because He's holy, we're not, we've messed up, and we need to be rescued. We deserve eternity. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, I've been preaching for a long time, okay? Um, I've been preaching now for at least 40 years. All right? Been traveling for 35 years all around the world telling people about Jesus. I've been to Africa. I've been to Botswana. I've been to uh, England, London, Germany, Brazil, uh, Honduras, Nicaragua, Canada. I- I've been doing this since I- I've been preaching since I was 14 all over the world. And even though I've done all these things, preaching and telling people about Jesus, I'm telling you right now, I flat deserve to go to hell. That's, that's what I deserve. Because I've sinned against a holy, righteous, perfect God. Not only do I deserve that, you deserve that. We all do. Because we've sinned against him. And I'm going to tell you this. We can be rescued, though. Because the good news is, it goes on in Romans 6, 23. It says, for the wages of sin, because we earn it, wage is something we earn. Wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ. What that means is we can have eternal life, but the only way we can have it, the only way we can have our sins wiped out and forgiven is through Jesus. There is no other way. It's not through church membership. It's not through being good. It's through Jesus, period. And people make it complicated. People make it all difficult. It's simple. Hey, everybody, listen. Let me tell you how simple this is. You can hear all these commentaries, and you can read all these books and all that stuff, hear all these sermons. It is very, very simple. You ready for this? Here it is. 1 John 5, 11 through 13. The Bible says this, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know you have eternal life. It's this simple. Either you have a relationship with God or you don't. Either you know him or you don't. There's no kind of, well, I kind of do, and then middle, in between, blah, blah, blah. No, it's black and white. You either know God or you don't. You're either going to heaven or you're going to hell. It's that simple. And it doesn't have to be that way today if you don't know him. You can know him today. You can have a relationship before you leave this auditorium right here this morning. You can. But that's it. I was talking to um, some ladies recently, and they were uh, come knocking on our door. And uh, they were Jehovah's Witnesses. And, uh, I, you know, some people slam doors in people's faces and all that. I don't. I don't care what you are. You Come on in. You want to talk to me? Come on in. So I invited them to come in. We had a conversation. And uh, I broke it down for them. And I said this. I said, ladies, I said, here's the big deal. I said, I've studied all different kinds of cults, religions, world religions, all that kind of stuff. I said, you want me to break it down for you, what everybody has to deal with? They said, yeah, sure. I said, here's the big deal. Here's the big picture. All religions, all cults, all have to deal with the same issue. And that same issue that every single one of them have to deal with is sin. Period. It's sin. So all of them, except for Jesus, deal with it in the same form or fashion in some way or another by doing this. By good deeds. By good works. I said, for y'all, for example, Jehovah's Witnesses, y'all are knocking on the door four hours a week. I said, Mormons... Mormons, you know how they get to heaven, how they try to get to heaven? Twelve steps. 
So you try to get these 12 steps. They even use baptize. They use repent, the words repent. But they're using a totally different dictionary than, than we do. But they, they do all that. Got no caffeine. Uh, got to marry the right woman. All that kind of stuff. Get, then you might get to level number three of heaven. And, and by the way, just so y'all know, if we're in, you know, in, in their eyes, we get to go to level number two of heaven whether we're a Mormon or not. So what's the purpose of us being in there? Okay. So all, they, they try to do all these um, Muslims, five pillars of faith. You got to do these five pillars, and then you might get to go to heaven. I said, but all of them, when you get to their level of heaven or whatever they're trying to achieve, you ask them, are you going to go there? You know what they're going to say? I don't know. You know why they don't know? Because they don't know if they were good enough to get to that level. Here's the difference between Jesus and all of them. Is that Jesus died on the cross for your sin and my sin. Because we're not good enough to get to heaven. So he paid our price by dying on the cross for our, all of our sin to wipe them out. And if you're willing to repent and turn from your sin, commit your life to him, you can know. That's why he just said in John, he said, these things I write unto you that you may know you have eternal life. You don't have to guess, hope, wish, roll the dice. Am I going to get to go? I know. I know I'm going to go to heaven. Not because I'm a good person. Not because I good good deeds or I'm a preacher or whatever. No. I am going to heaven. The only reason is because Jesus died on the cross and paid for all of my sin. You can know that too. And I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a minute. Right where you're seated. To invite Christ to come to your life, to be your boss, your Lord, and your Savior. You say, well, how do I get that? How do I get it? Because, Ronnie, right now I'm kind of like 50, 50, 90, 10, 80, 20. I'm not sure. You want to be 100% sure? You want to know how? Acts chapter 2, verse 37, 39, through 39 says this. When the people heard this, now this is Peter. He was preaching. When he got through preaching, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39, the promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. This promise of salvation is not just for you. It's for your entire family. Everybody here can have a relationship with Christ. Everybody can know for sure that they're going to spend eternity in heaven. And you can know that today, right here, I'm going to give you a chance. You say, but Ronnie, you know, I'm very enlightened. I think there are many ways to heaven. You know, we've got a lot of different churches down this one road right here. There's churches, all different denominations, all that. I'm not talking about denominations. We're not talking about that. You say, but I think there's like many ways to get to heaven. Do you know what Jesus said in every single of these one denominations that use this Bible, whether it's a Catholic Bible, Protestant Bible? Do you know what Jesus said who died on the cross? I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what the University of Kentucky says or what the social media says or what the government says or what some other church says. I'm going to tell you what Jesus said. Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He said he's the only way to heaven. He's not a good idea. He's not something to try out. He is the only way to heaven. There is no other way. If there was another way, tell me this. Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? There is no other way to heaven. He said he's the only way. And you can know him today. You say, well, man, how do I do that? In just a minute, right where you're seated, I'm going to pray this prayer. It's not a magical prayer. 
It's not blessing the food. Nothing, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if you have never committed your life to Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right where you're at. And, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray something like this. And you might be sitting at home watching online. You can do it as well at home. And it goes something like this. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up. I want to ask you to forgive me my sins. And God, I turn from my sins, and I invite you into my life to be my boss, my Lord, my Savior. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, whosoever, that means anybody that calls, that's your, in other words, you're praying, calls to the Lord, will be saved. And if you've never done that, you can do that today. He'll save you. You say, but okay, if I do that, Ronnie, can it be taken back? Like, is, is he going to be like one of them, you know, uh, discount airlines that if, you know, if I, if I sin tomorrow, is he, he's going to take back and say, no, you don't get to be saved now. You're going to have to go to hell now. Uh, do you want you me to tell you what the Bible says? I don't care what anybody else says. You want me to tell you what the Bible says? The Bible says in John 10, 28, this is what Jesus said. He said, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. Nobody. Satan cannot do anything about it. Your parents cannot do anything about it. Your spouse cannot do anything about it. No court can do anything about it. Once you give your life to Christ, you're saying, I'm all in with this Jesus. Nothing. He, nobody can take you out of his hand. The Bible goes on, says in Romans 8, 38, says, For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor future, nor any powers, neither height nor death, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate you from his love. When you say, I want to give my life to you, I'm all in, nothing can separate you from his love. You talk about security. Hey, I'm going to tell you this, straight up. I know we got marriages in here, families, stuff like that. A spouse, they can leave you. A spouse can die on you. He says, I'll never leave you. I don't care what you do. You do something bad enough, your spouse will leave you. Uh, God says, I will never leave you. That's good news. You want to talk about being able to rest in that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Je You forgive me of all my sin, all my junk, and you still love me and you still care about me. Wow. And you know what? Because of that love, incredible love that you have for me, I don't want to do anything that would hurt our relationship with him. And you wouldn't want to either. You say, okay, so when, when, when can I do it? Uh, right now. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, says today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, it's a today. Right now, today. Right here, in this place. Because you might not have another opportunity. You might, God might not give you another chance. I, if you say no, I hope he would give you another chance. But I don't know. You don't know. And I don't care how old you are. You go, well, I'm not that age yet where I can die and stuff. Yes, you are. Anybody, anywhere, anytime can be gone. And I can't tell you how many things I've been seeing what's going on and things are happening uh, and I was telling the early service uh, one of my best friends he's my age runs marathons is going to write a book on running marathons died last year like that he's a preacher does what I do so you think you know he's good he's doing good good deeds he's doing speaking all these youth camps and all this stuff people being saved gone like that and you think, you know, God's going to cut you some extra slack just because, you know, you're a good, decent person. I'm telling you right, right, right now, you're going to have to stack up a lot of good deeds in order to beat this dude that I'm talking about, my friend Wade. It's not based on good deeds. 
We can go at any time. We don't know when and where. And some of you go, well, I've, I've been in church. I'm a good person. I'm, I'm okay. No, I am not talking about just checking in and out of church every once in a while. I am talking about a lifelong commitment to say, I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. And there are many of you in here that have never done that before. That's what the Bible's talking about. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that in just a minute. You say, well, what do you, what do you mean lifelong commitment? I'm going to use this as an illustration, okay? This is a true story. This happened, and this explains what I'm talking about. There was a motorcycle police officer in Southern California. He was on his way to work. This is a true story. really happened. On his way to work on his motorcycle, as he come up to a four-way stop sign, uh, there was a guy in a red truck that ran, just blew through this four-way stop sign. Didn't slow down. I mean, blew right through it. Police officer sitting right there, so he's thinking, man, this guy's late to work. This is, he's kind of in a rush, isn't he? So turns his lights on, boo, radios in. I'm in pursuit of a red truck, blah, blah, blah. Takes off after him. He didn't know that the guy in the red truck had just robbed an overnight grocery store. And in the front seat of his truck was the gun he used to rob that store and the bag of money he stole. He takes off after that guy. That guy pulls over. As soon as he pulls over, he shuts off his, his uh, bike. He gets off of it, walks up, real calm, taps on the window, says, Sir, may I see your uh, driver's license and proof of registration? That was the last thing he said. That guy took that gun, pointed out two inches away from that police officer's chest, pulled the trigger, shot him square in the chest, knocked him seven feet back out in the road. Smoke cleared. Motorcycle police officer, after a few seconds, set up. This robber is thinking, I just shot Superman. He, he has no, he's like, what, he's, what is going on? About that time, that police officer stands up. He dusts off his uniform. He regains his wits, realizes what's going on. He pulls his gun out, fires two shots into that truck. First one shatters the windshield. Second one goes right through the driver's side door, hits the driver right in the leg. He screams out. He says, stop, I'm shot, I'm shot. I give up, I give up. He throws his gun out, throws the bag away. Don't shoot, don't shoot, I'm hit, I'm hit, I'm hit. don't shoot. That police officer was saved because he was wearing a bulletproof vest. Bulletproof vests are made out of Kevlar, which is layer upon layer of multiple layers of this tough fabric called Kevlar, and it stops bullets. Not two weeks later, almost in the same area, in, in, right outside of Irvine, California, in the Empire area, another police officer by the name of Officer Ray Hicks was serving a drug warrant to a very well-known drug dealer in the area. He and his partner go up to the door, they bang on the door and they yell, police, police, open up, open up. About that time, Officer Ray Hicks is about to back up and kick in that door. And right before he kicks in the door, four slugs come through that door. One of them hits Officer Ray Hicks square in the chest, almost exactly where that police officer was shot two weeks earlier. As soon as he's hit square in the chest, he goes to his knees, he looks up at his partner and he says, I'm hit. He falls over. Coroner said he bled out and died in one minute. Officer Ray Hicks was 27 years old. 
He left a wife, three kids, and he left a bulletproof vest 60 feet in the truck of his car from where he fell. It's one thing for a police officer to say they believe in bulletproof vests. It's another thing to make a commitment and put one on every single day. That's what I'm talking about. A lot of you say you believe in God. You know there's a God. You think, oh, yeah, Jesus died and all that. Yeah, I believe all that. It's not enough to believe that Jesus came down this earth, died on the cross, was buried in the tomb, and he was born of a virgin. I'm talking about putting your total trust and faith in him, committing your life to him, being all in, and saying, I'm, I'm committing my life to him every single day for the rest of my life. Yes, I want to serve Jesus. That's what I'm talking about doing. And if you've never done that before, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do it right now. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. For just the next two minutes, nobody get up, nobody leave, no, no deacons, no ushers, nobody, no band. Give me two minutes. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes, please? With heads bowed and eyes closed. You say, Ronnie, that's me. I've never done that before. I've known about God and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, I've never committed my life to him. I've never gone all in. And I want to do that today. I want a relationship with him. If that's you, then you just pray. That prayer that we talked about earlier, right where you're seated, you're just basically, you're admitting that you're a sinner, and you're repenting of your sin, and you're committing your life to him. So if you've never done that, you can just pray silently with me to God right now and invite him into your life. Pray this prayer. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up. And I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins. And God, I turn from my sins. And I invite you into my life to be my boss, my Lord, and my best friend. Thank you for down the cross for me. And thank you for saving me, Lord Jesus. Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I'm not going to come to you and embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you. If you're here this morning, say, Ronnie, for the first time in my life, I understood what I was doing. I meant business. I just prayed that prayer, and I just invited Jesus into my life. If you just prayed that prayer with me, would just those of you that prayed that prayer, would you just look up at me right now and let me catch your eyes? Say, Ronnie, that's me. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Okay, buddy. Anybody else in this section right here? You prayed that prayer. You invited Jesus to come. Okay. Over here on this side. You prayed that prayer. Just look up. Let me catch your eyes. All right. Anyone else? Anybody else? Say, Ronnie, that's me. I just prayed that prayer. Okay. Would just those of you that prayed that prayer just keep looking up just for a second? Everybody else's heads bowed and eyes closed, just those that prayed that prayer. I want you to know this. According to what the Bible says, all of you that just prayed with me and invited Jesus to come to your life, the Bible says he comes to live in you and he will never leave you. That is good news. You say, okay, so what's that mean now? What am I supposed to do? Well, Jesus said that we're supposed to take a stand for him. We're not to be ashamed of him. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 32 and 33, he said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. He says, if you don't confess me before men, I will not confess you before my Father who's in heaven. I don't know about you. On judgment day, when we get to the big pearly gates in heaven, I, I want him to look at me and say, hey, that's Ronnie, come on in. But he's saying, if we're ashamed to take a stand for him down this earth, he's going to be ashamed of us in heaven. I, I don't know about you. I don't want him to be ashamed of me. 
You say, okay, so what am I supposed to do? How do I do that? Here's your first opportunity. Here's what we're going to do. In just a second, we're going to stand all of this building with heads bowed and eyes closed. When we stand, I'm going to pray. When I say amen, the band's going to sing. Matter of fact, would you go ahead and come on up, man, the, uh, the band? When we stand, I pray, I say amen. You come to me, you come to the pastor, we'll be waiting right here for you. You say, well, what are we going to do? We're going to do this to a person called an encourager. You say, what are they going to do? They're going to take you to the side room. They're going to pray with you. They're going to give you some material. Uh, if you start, you, know, you start a relationship with God today, we're going to help you grow and get to know him. So when we stand, I pray, you come to me, you come, Pastor, would you go ahead? Pastor's going to be standing right there. I'll be standing right over there. Our youth pastor, where are you located at? He, could you stand right over here? He's going to be right over here. You can go ahead and come on right now. He'll be right there. I'll, pastor will be there. I'll be right over here. If you prayed that prayer, you come to one of us, and all you have to say is, hey, I prayed that prayer with Ronnie. You say, what are we going to do? We're just going to introduce one of those folks. They're going to take you outside, pray with you, give you that material, and we're going to celebrate with you. Because I'm going to tell you something. It starts right here, right now. If you won't take a stand today, you won't take a stand for him out there. So when we stand, I pray, I say amen, you step out and come. Could we all please stand now with heads bowed and eyes closed? Heads bowed, eyes closed. As soon as I say amen, you step out and come. And deacons uh, and our counselors, when I say amen, deacons, you step out and come and stand right down there on the front row. And we introduce you to those folks, okay? Can you do me a favor? Let's pray. Father, we ask you that you move right now and draw people to yourself. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. They sing. You come on right now. Come help you. Pray that prayer. Come on. There is none beside you.